the time is 9.27 and I'm about to make the long commute of going to work. Just kidding. That long commute is only like three feet from my bed to my computer. Remember commuting to the office? Most days, we'd all wake up early, put on real work clothes, maybe some makeup, and fight traffic for an hour. That routine looks a lot different now that COVID has made remote work mainstream. What was an hours-long affair became a matter of rolling out of bed and opening your laptop. However, as the world starts to reopen, things are about to change again. I'm Tamika McCoy, and this is The Return, a Digiday podcast where we explore what a return to the office looks like for one advertising agency adapting to the new not quite post-pandemic normal. The pandemic shuttered office doors across the country, ushering in the era of remote work for many, including us here at Digiday. I'm actually recording this podcast from my apartment in Atlanta and working with our audio producer, Sarah Patterson, who lives in New York. For sound quality purposes, I'm sitting in my closet next to several pairs of jeans that haven't seen the light of day since COVID first reared its ugly head. Breaking news tonight, Americans on virtual lockdown to slow the spread of the coronavirus. Residents in the country's largest city, New York, told a shelter-in-place order could be coming within the next 48 hours. That was two years ago. I remember hearing the news of COVID-19. I checked my email where the company that I was working for at the time told us that we'd be working remotely until this thing blows over. Except it didn't blow over. And it still hasn't. I was living in Brooklyn at the time, where I shared a two-bedroom apartment with a roommate. CDC guidelines and mask mandates were confusing, and public transportation all of a sudden seemed too public. But luckily, with my job suddenly changing to remote, it's not like I had to commute anywhere. The Pew Research Center reported that in 2019, pre-pandemic, Only 20% of people surveyed said that they were doing their jobs from home. By the end of 2020, that number jumped to 71%. Of that 71%, most of them started working remotely because, like me, their offices were closed until this blew over. Two years later, that number has dropped slightly as companies have pushed staff to return to the office in the name of company culture. COVID numbers were down. Vaccinations were widely available, restrictions had been lifted, for now, and employers are beckoning employees to go back to in-person work. Now, Pew Research reports that about 60% of us are still working remotely, including Bryce Burton, director and editor at Fitzco Creative and Media Company. Fitzco is a nearly 40-year-old advertising agency here in Atlanta. They've worked with brands like French's Mustard, AHA Sparkling Water, and Coca-Cola doing everything from social content strategy to media planning. They're also the agency that we'll be following for this podcast. I remember, uh, you know, like it was yesterday. (laughs) Uh, I was actually shooting uh, in our studio at the office for Checkers. We were doing um, uh, a photo shoot for their French fries or whatever it was. And uh, they were like, yeah, it's like everybody's going home. Or we're closing down the office. And like everybody else, we thought this was going to last. I was like, surely it's going to, I thought it was going to last, you know, a couple of days, you know, and everybody's going to come back. And then it, you know, then a week happened and two weeks happened and a month happened. 
Bryce is a military-bred husband and father of three. In the before times, his days revolved around dropping the kids off at school and navigating Atlanta traffic. Bryce lives in Covington, Georgia, which is about 40 miles away from the Fitzco office. That's at least $400 in gas every month, averaging about $5,000 a year, just to go to work. Add in lunch every day, he's spending up to $10,000 just to work in an office. Prior to the pandemic, it could take him over an hour to drive to the Fitzco office. But in March of 2020, that changed for Bryce, as it did for many. Fitzco and other offices moved to remote work. Water cooler chats with coworkers became Slack messages. Dropping the kids off at school became homeschooling at the dinner table. And the line between work life and home life became non-existent. You know, I'm in meetings. They have to be in meetings with their teachers. And I mean, it was chaos. I'll just say it was chaos. Um, it was not fun. And I, I learned very, very quickly that I did not want to be a teacher <laughs> ever, <laughs> uh, especially at that age, just because I can't, like, I, I, it's not that I don't have the patience. It's just a matter of, like, the the way that things are being taught now are totally different than the way I learned them. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to school with them essentially while trying to maintain performance, you know. And that's something that I think everybody learned is, is that the work didn't necessarily suffer. It was just the people doing the work suffered, you know. Like it, the work still got done. Um, it was just a matter of how it was completed. And the people doing the work did suffer. Across the industry, major agencies like RGA and Wyden and Kennedy laid off at least 10% of their staffs. Budgets got tighter, hitting marketing and creative departments where it hurts. In the advertising industry, agencies changed their travel policies, pressing pause on work trips. The industry's most sought-after events, like South by Southwest or Can Lion, were postponed or even canceled. Marketing messages shifted to center around COVID-19 safety, letting shoppers know that we're in this together. And the world's sporting events are postponed or canceled. But whatever it is, we'll find a way. Why do we fly? We fly because people need to get home. And life-saving equipment needs to get to the lives that need saving. Essential supplies to help families and communities. So Unilever, the makers of Dove, Hellman's, Vaseline, and more, is donating millions of products to Feeding America and Direct Relief. Fitzgo had just moved into an office with industrial decor on the west side of the city. For the past two years, they've worked together in that office for just 45 days. I'm Dave Fitzgerald, CEO of Fitzco. I started this company in 1983 in Sold it to Interpublic in 1998 and bought it back again uh, two years ago, right at the beginning of the pandemic. I thought uh, we'd be out for a week or two as soon as schools, you know, were back open. In fact, I was joking this morning. I went to Costco at uh, the beginning of this thing and bought, you know, you can only buy two years of live everything in Costco. I said, I'll never use all this as hand sanitizer. Like many of us, Dave had no idea what would come with the pandemic. I asked him about the moment he realized his staff wouldn't be coming back to the office anytime soon for fear of spreading the virus. Yeah, that was the biggest part was the unknowns and um, the fear. But again, it was, we'll, we'll check in next week and see what's happening. And, yeah. then, and then I guess by May, we're saying this is, this is going to be a long haul. 
but we'd already you know, we learned very quickly how to do this business uh, remotely. If you'd asked me January 2020 whether you could do what we do for a living remotely, I would have said that's a very naive question. <laughs> no, we have to sit, we have to collaborate. We're a collaborative business. We don't like banking or insurance. Uh, but we found out that we can do it. I don't think we can do it as well. Um, a couple of things you can't do as well, but we can get it done. And they did. Get it done, that is. When I first started working from home, I didn't miss the office. I still don't. I've got everything I need here. I bought a small desk off of Amazon to make a cozy working nook in the corner of my apartment. It's stacked with books, plants, an external keyboard for my laptop, and my favorite mug. It's peaceful and quiet, outside of the occasional Slack notification. What about you? What does your work-from-home setup look like? It may be a proper desk, and if you're lucky, it's one of those ones that converts into a standing desk. And maybe you have a ring light for a flawless video conferencing call. That's now. When we first started working from home, everyone was scrambling to figure out what that looked like. There were a lot of laptops on dining room tables and Zoom calls where someone was always talking on mute. For parents... Life with remote work was even more complicated. On top of all of that, schools were closed, meaning the kids were at home. The work at home adjustment was not as difficult as I thought. I think the difficult part for me was having the children at home when they were quarantining. That is the voice of Jennifer Jones, known as JJ around the office, a media supervisor at Fitzgo and mom of three. It took her about six months for her and her family to find a routine that worked for them. But it wasn't easy. In addition to media supervisor and mom, JJ was now wearing a third hat as classroom monitor. I mean, thank God for understanding clients, <laughs> understanding supervisors. I mean, I'd have dogs barking in the background. I'd have kids crying. My child, my, my daughter was just born. She wasn't even a year old when COVID hit. And when I tell you the adjustment period for that was sort of like, I, I felt like I was apologizing every 15 minutes, like, sorry, I'm so sorry. And they're like, we get it. Relax. It's okay. There's one moment in particular where things got especially hard for JJ as she was on a tightrope juggling motherhood and work life at the same time. If you're a parent, you may have had this scene play out in your own home. I'm going to be very, I'm going to have a, a very honest mommy moment for any parent out there, mommy and dads, for anyone who had to work in quarantine time with their kids. I have, and God bless my son. I love him. But when he got an iPad, he started recording everything. So I'm in a meeting and we have a 110 pound Presicanario dog. He's trying to get out of the, the back door to go out. The kids are supposed to be in class, which I didn't realize my son was just on his tablet, not paying attention. But I was, I was so focused on my meeting. And then my daughter is crying. The baby is crying. And I had, I literally, in the video, I am telling someone in the meeting, excuse me, hold on one second. I press the mute button. I stand up and I look at everyone in the room and I'm like, stop, just Stop. And I think everyone kind of looked at me like, you know, with that with that look like, oh, man, she's serious. The dog sat down immediately. 
the baby looks up from like literally in mid cry, just looks at me and everyone's just like, okay. Then my daughter who was six, seven at the time gets up. She lets the dog out. She's like, okay, one. Then she goes to the baby. She's like, what do you need? (laughs) She's like, mommy, did I help? And I'm like, oh my God, I did it. I yelled at my kids. It's so bad. Um, But then I got back in the meeting. Everyone was good. And I'm like, my son shows me the video after that. And I'm like, oh, I did that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'd like felt like apologizing over and over to them. Like, I'm so sorry, guys. (laughs) But that was an overwhelming moment that I was like, what do I do except yell at everyone? I don't know how to fix this. (laughs) So I, I, I had one of those moments. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine having to, if every your entire life is now confined to one, one place. And if you're a mom with younger kids, it's almost like it's confined to one room to make sure you can see everybody. To make sure you can see everybody. Yes, and that's what it was. We we were in a smaller home at the time, and it was it was the the room where you're you can see into the kitchen, you can see into the living space. We didn't. I didn't have an office at the time, so I'd set up like a little corner. And I could see the whole, pretty much the whole first floor. And that's exactly what it was. We were just in there together. Everyone just kind of fighting for attention, fighting to just get what they need to get done. And with me being in charge of it all, everyone was needing me at the moment and I couldn't. And and try not to relay that to a client was just so difficult. And I remember being in that moment where I was like, get through the, get through the meeting don't freak out. Put a happy face on. They'll never know what's happening in the background. You're on mute. And then when I had to speak, I knew at that moment, I was like, I'm not going to get through my talking points. I need to say something to the family. So that's when I said, excuse me one second. And then just had that moment. And they're like, it's okay. We're good. You're fine. (laughs) Again, understanding. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, I can only imagine the silence that the rest of the house, just quiet for the rest of the day. (laughs) It was. And like I said, I felt like I was just apologizing the rest of the night. I mean, it was just one of those moments you never want to have to have with your kids because it's not their fault. Again, we're all in this together, but in in their adolescence, in their innocence, they're like, oh, we're home with mom. Like... It's, it's a day out of school when we were supposed to be online. And then they were letting kids out earlier than normal. But we won't get in that. They were like, sign off, sign off at one. Like, what? I've got five more hours of work. What do you mean? There were countless stories like JJ's. And that's if you were lucky enough to, one, work at a company that allowed you flexibility to balance work and parenting duties. And two, live in a district that offered decent remote learning options. Of course, we can't talk about remote work and parenting without talking about the so-called she session. It's a topic that I wrote about this time last year. It was the first ever economic recession that impacted more women than men. A she session means women, particularly those with school-aged children, are leaving the workforce, devastating diversity initiatives and setting the issue of gender equality back by generations. Politico reported that in September of 2020 alone, Right around the time that school starts, more than 860,000 women had dropped out of the workforce. The number of men who left their jobs in the same month? Just 160,000. Some advertising agencies started rolling out measures to allow flexibility for moms and caregivers, 
including addressing mental health struggles and creating open spaces for vulnerable conversations. At Fisco, there were what JJ called jam sessions, where folks grouped together, including a group of working moms. It was a space where they could literally just talk. So in that moment, it was where we were like, oh, you're dealing with that too? Oh my gosh, that's, oh my, what did you do? What was your solution? And we bounced off of each other and we sort of supported each other. And I think it was the fact that we are in the same place, maybe a different department, but basically doing the same thing under the same circumstances. And I think sometimes finding a resource is not always, it's not always about getting online and Googling something. I think sometimes when you know someone and you know that they're sharing an experience the same as you, you kind of trust them more. You're kind of like, well, you know, how do you feel about this? And we were kind of able to just really release a little with one another at the same time, support one another. And I, I'm really thankful to Fitzgo for that. For some people, COVID-19 caused problems that they had to fix, like parenting while maintaining a full-time job. For others, it was fixing problems, like eliminating a long commute. In my conversation with Bryce, he told me that traffic really takes a toll on how much time he could spend with his family. On several traffic reports, you'll find that Atlanta typically falls within the top 10 cities with the worst congestion. And if you're looking for public transportation as a workaround, don't. Options are limited and won't always get you where you need to go. When the pandemic lockdown pushed Adland and corporate America at large to more flexible work, those family bonds got a little bit stronger. At least they did for Bryce. It didn't happen overnight, but I'll let him tell it. I mean, the first couple months we were just, you know, <laughs> we hated each other. <laughs> uh, just because we had never been put in that situation before. And everybody's stressed out and the world's ending. And, you know, that's all you hear on the news. And, and it, was, it was a scary time. And then once everything, I guess, stayed scary... You know, uh, and it normalized a little bit. Then it um, it brought us, I think, closer together. And I know my wife and my kids better than I ever did, and they know me. I think back when I was a kid, you know, my dad went to work. He was home at six thirty. We sat. We, we would. Well, we didn't. We didn't sit down and eat dinner a whole lot. But he, you know, he would eat, watch TV, and go to bed. You know. But now I'm. I was able to be home with my kids for X amount of time understand how they, that, I guess that this is one cool thing, is that I understood when getting into school and everything, how they learn. Uh, I, that was kind of neat. Like my, my kids are to, to, polar opposites of each other. My son, Sebastian, he's, he's 10 now. I mean, he's super smart and he gets straight A's and, and uh, he had come, we had moved schools and all that stuff for, for different reasons. And he had really struggled with reading for a little bit at his, what level he was supposed to be at. And so it was like, I'm going to sit down and have him read me a book that never would have happened because there was no time. Yeah, absolutely. And that is an incredible experience kind of being able to watch that growth happen in real time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In real time. Yeah. It wasn't like, uh, you know, you're at work and, you know, he gets a progress report and it's like oh well how did this happen nice no, I, I got to watch it and um and participate in 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 it and um that was special to me that was one of those things where it was like you, that's something you can't buy you know that's that's one of those things where either you participate and, and it's fleeting like it's gone like that's that will never happen again so it's i'm just glad i was i'm glad i was there 
Bryce told me that if he had to pick between working from the office and working from home, he'd pick working from home. Not to say that Bryce doesn't miss his coworkers and the hustle and the bustle of the office, but you have to consider the perks. That's more time with family, less time in traffic, and even some money saved. For younger staff, that thinking was different. More on that after the break. You remember the show Mad Men? It was a 60s era drama series centered around a character named Don Draper, played by John Hamm. He was struggling to keep his spot in the dog-eat-dog world of Madison Avenue's advertising firms. Advertising is based on one thing. Happiness. And you know what happiness is? Happiness is the smell of a new car. Mad Men was all about the heyday of advertising. It was also Eric Arena's idea of what life at an ad agency would be like. Eric is an associate in media planning at Fitzco. He only started working at the Atlanta agency last May and was looking forward to a return to the office. Eric graduated college in 2021, meaning his career in advertising started during the pandemic. For him, Team meetings and water cooler talk happened over messaging systems and conference calls. In the months leading up to Fitzco's reopening, a few employees voluntarily worked out of the office, including Eric. I asked him what it was like and why he was so eager to go back. Throughout the year, there were a couple of times where I actually went in office and I got a little taste of what it actually feels like to work in there. But just from the stories that I've heard, it's nothing compared to actually having like the full office being there. It's a completely different environment, completely different workflow. You don't have to wait to like chat somebody on Microsoft Teams and wait for them to respond. It's like you can just talk to them over like um over the table. So it's it's something that I look forward to um getting into because the only perception in my idea of the office life is Mad Men. I'm not sure you've ever seen it, but um that's like what my perception is of the actual office life. And um just from the stuff that I've heard people at the office talk about, it's a it's a great experience to actually be there and be working with everybody in person. What would you describe as the full agency experience? One of the things you flicked at was like being able to talk to somebody over your shoulder. But what are some of those things that make that experience? I would say just the personal connection that you can establish with people. You can't really, or at least me personally, you can talk to people like through a Zoom call, right? But you can't really get a feel for the person like you would if you were talking to them in person. Um, there's certain things that you can't really do through a computer screen. Like I know a couple of me and a couple of my coworkers here, we actually set up like a 15 minute call on Fridays towards the end of the day. And it's literally a virtual water cooler chat um, where we'll talk like just about whatever it is just for us to catch up, um, which is something that we had to, I guess, adapt to with this virtual world. But um, we're really much looking forward to getting back into the office and actually having that personal connection and those personal relationships that you can build with people that you may not necessarily be able to do through online for whatever reason, right? While it may not look like a scene from Mad Men, Eric would soon enough get his wish for some of that in-person, shooting the breeze, water cooler chat as Fitzco CEO Dave was planning a return. There was a glimmer of hope that things would soon be normal. Conversations were ramping up around the idea of future of work. Phrases like flexible work and hybrid work started buzzing around the industry. 
By spring 2021, the vaccine was widely available and companies were planning for a fall return to the office, including Fitzco. However, the process of returning to work was a bit bumpier than anyone could have imagined. The first time that I met the Fisco team was at an informal lunch meeting last December, where I learned CEO Dave doesn't like arugula, and back-to-the-office plans were slated for the first week of January. I'd been invited to stop by, have coffee, and see if there was a potential return-to-work story. That lunch meeting is actually what sparked this podcast. It seemed fair enough. COVID numbers were starting to rise, but I and everyone I knew had been fully vaccinated. Booster shots and all. I'd wear my mask. It seemed safe, but then I got an email. Hi, Kamiko. We've made the decision not to return to the office in January. This new variant has taken Georgia by storm. Grady Hospital is already of total diversion. Emory predicts that peak hospitalizations for this surge will occur in late January for Metro Atlanta. And it'll be much worse than the first two, just not as deadly. It's just too risky. We've also canceled the Thursday party. We'll keep you posted. Dave. The idea of getting back to normal was too good to be true. We were now facing a new wave of the pandemic, Omicron, a variant reported to be more virulent and contagious than its predecessor, Delta. Tonight, a nation on edge, with the Omicron variant spreading at an alarming rate. It's now being reported in nearly all 50 states. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death. For yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. Once again, offices were closing down. Holiday parties were canceled or moved to become digital as we braced for more pandemic, hoping booster shots and vaccinations would get us through. A few weeks later, I reached out to the Fitzco team, wishing them a happy new year and asking them if return to office plans were still a go. I got an email back. Hi, Kamiko. We haven't made any announcement yet, but... I believe we'll be back February 8th. Stay tuned. Dave. And then another email. We've decided that February 15th is the first day back. If that changes, I'll let you know. Dave. So the new target date became February 15th. And after two years of remote work, that meant first day jitters. Mixed emotions for many. COVID cases and hospitalizations in January were the highest that they'd been since the beginning of the pandemic. By February, Omicron still loomed, and there was no doubt that we'd see more variants arise at some point. But at the same time, more than half of the American population had received a primary series of COVID-19 vaccine. A week before that February 15th opening date, I asked JJ, Eric, and Bryce how they were feeling. Given that you guys are going back into the office soon, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts around how are you feeling about that in-person return? Are there any like concerns about health risks or safety or anything like that? Um, going back into the office is not, I'm not very hesitant or cautious about it. I've actually been a few times now. It hasn't been the full office, the full agency. Um, but as I've gone back in, I've noticed that there are lots of things set up and I'm a cautious person. So we've got sanitizing stations. We've got a temperature check. So with that, I feel very confident. I feel good about it. You know, a selfish part of me is excited to see everyone. 
The other part of me is that I don't know people's personal choices. I myself have been vaccinated, got the third booster. The cautious side of me is thankful for all the precautions that are being taken. The other side of me is that, you know, hopefully everyone comes in with the right mindset, the the right frame of mind. Um, I don't know everyone's personal views on it. And what I hope is that people just take into consideration if you if you feel a certain way, just be be kind about it. I feel like right now at this stage where it's at, it's it's kind of the normal thing to to just have to deal with that like, wherever you go, going out to eat, going to the grocery store. Like it's it's part of our um day-to-day lives at this point. So um the protocols that Fisco has had have really I guess, put my mind at ease when it comes to actually being in person and around other people, um, especially during COVID times. I can't say that I'm like, let's go, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't. Um, and that would be, I would be lying if I said that and I'm not going to do that. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, I, it's going to be great to see everybody's faces. It's going to be great to, uh, it, I mean, it's going to be cool to go to lunch with your friends. You know, it's going to be cool. It's, it's going to be great if we can go to lunch with our friends. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll just we'll just see, um, and I hope it I hope it goes well. Next week on the return, we'll go back into the office with the Fitzco team to catch up in person with a few of the folks we talked to in this episode and meet a few new ones. This is your host, Kamiko McCoy. Until next time. The Return is brought to you by Digiday. This podcast was written and reported by me, Kamiko McCoy, and produced and edited by Sarah Patterson. <laughs>